Time to go? Yeah, you can go. Oh, we're live, buddy. All right. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to an NWO inducting, lifting, Angel Garza proposing episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're going to talk everything from the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame inductees to the build to tables, ladders, chairs, and everything in between, man. Another hot, spicy, tasty week of professional wrestling. Another 11 hours of programming. Matt, he's raising a baby. He's working full time. He's producing podcasts. He's the busiest man in showbiz. <laughs> Matthew Cooley! in at a weight that is steadily climbing because he has no time to work out. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got my gut back from two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah uh, man, you're gonna be Otis in no time. Oh yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, well, yeah. usually you ask how how I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I got uh, I got a cinnamon coke in my hands, which is helping add to hey, my weight. Hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, cinnamon coke is coming. Nothing compares, Mike, to that Maybe sugary coming. crispness. Cinnamon-y. yeah. The crispness of that Christmas flavor. Mike, it's cinnamon coke. Uh, you know, in a way, is helping sponsor this show because now I'll have the energy going. Yeah, <laughs> to get through it. Uh, but now, if you want to listen to all those other episodes that weren't fueled by cinnamon coke but maybe alcohol or coffee you want to go to bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com there you will find the hub of all things brothers of discussion including the hottest red wings podcast to be recorded in howell michigan that's right the discussion five can be found on the website head on over there and you'll find the links uh, to uh, the discussion five and the hockey podcast network good Good stuff. Good stuff coming from there. Uh, find uh, the pro wrestling show that you're listening to at BOD Podcast on Twitter. Find us on uh, Instagram. We're having a great time, Mike. Picture of, um... oh my God, I feel like such an asshole right now. <laughs> Picture of, um... wow, Lucha Bros. Um... Ooh. Need Please. some help? Yeah, Ray. can. Ray Phoenix? No. The Pentagon? Is that yeah. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix Jr.? Is that... The picture of uh, Pentagon with the Fiend's uh, oh, yeah. title <laughs> now has over a thousand likes on Instagram. It's oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's fun because most of the time we get like 13 likes. So we like seeing those numbers. Anything over 13 thousands. is good. So we would have been happy with 14. You guys went the extra mile with a thousand. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, so that was, uh, at brothers underscore of underscore discussion and find the live wrestling discussion, um, under that name, uh, brought to you by bodpodcast.com. Uh, is that everything? Oh yeah. Go to Apple and Spotify and SoundCloud and follow us and literally ev- there's no reason not to listen. Spotify, iTunes, 
if you're listening to something outside that, I, I don't know what decade you're in, but Spotify, I want I want us in your top 20 listens I, for 2020. I will never understand why there are so many different spots to listen to the same goddamn podcast. <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't need like, well, I guess everybody did have different kinds of radios, but I, I mean more like, I'm listening to this kind of FM. Oh yeah, well I'm listening to this kind of FM. Like that's that's more along the lines of what it feels like to me. Uh, obviously, we all had our own radio. Yeah, Same thing like as having a, your own phone. It's like a like a ham radio snob, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it it boggles my mind, but it makes it pretty hard to make sure that we're catching everybody because it's like, well, you don't want to alienate everybody that's using Podbean because Podbean has the same exact things. That all the other podcast carriers have. <laughs> I mean, it shows up there. We just, you know, come on. We're playing the numbers here. Most people are listening to it on regular podcasting platforms. There's somebody right now that's listening, and it's just fuming. Like, I can't believe. All right, let's <laughs> I digress. Um, let's get back. Uh, let's get back into wrestling. Um, podcasting is difficult. Um, but apparently talking and not being an asshole <laughs> is way more difficult uh, for Jake Hager. Mike, I wanted to start off the show with this discussion because, honestly, I am definitely... So one of the things that, that I've harped on AEW for a couple times, and um, it's just... It's, it's more of a sin from like a marketing and branding perspective. And it's one thing I just really hate is saying you're one thing to get people to believe in your message and then doing something completely different. <laughs> Man, they're I for like everybody. An example in mind. Uh, well, Mike, they're for everybody. Yet the women's division, even by Cody Rhodes accounts on Twitter, uh, needs more attention. They didn't yeah. get this ball rolling and give it the respect it deserves. No. Uh, so right there. Boom. There's one. Number two. We were trying <laughs> to build up a roster that wasn't only based on the veterans. Now, we've gone through the little Rubik's Cube that is figuring out this, this veterans puzzle and why it's important for Chris Jericho to hold the title, why it did make sense to have Cody Rhodes fight for it, they're still building a brand too, but don't come at me with your, <laughs> your, your roster is, I don't know, given more opportunity than, than other rosters. It's new, but maybe hold on to that statement until you can actually prove it. Mike, the records don't matter. <laughs> We've got Jungle Boy and Chris Jericho fighting for the title. That's what I'm talking about, baby. But, but finally, the best of all, getting back to uh let's see speaking to diversity talking about wrestling being for everyone and um you know this is a program too that that went out of its way to make sure that even um those who are sensitive to light and color could watch the show without a without a real problem first wrestling show to do so um but mike we have a dumb shit who works for this company that is upset that greta thurberg thunberg is uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And I, I just, if, if you're not familiar, she's 
Uh, I'm just going to pull this from Wikipedia. Swedish environmental activist uh, who, you know, her main stab is climate uh, climate control and climate change. And yeah. I obviously this is Jake taking a stab at someone who doesn't agree yeah. with their opinions I, on climate change. And yeah, I, I, I think we need to just totally dismantle uh jack for this one um when you when you look at her actual opinions okay so she's talking about climate change her her ultimate goal is to get people to be more environmentally conscious conscious and make changes in their own lives to you know benefit the earth um she also wants to push uh certain political agendas that benefit the earth uh her her whole stance is being nonpartisan. like she doesn't care she's not conservative or liberal she's pro-planet um she's really outspoken about it she's a great activist uh probably somebody we're gonna look back on and say thank you to um and jack um you know there's a certain political angle that you know of of people who refuse to believe it for some reason they they they're they're i don't know they're they're it's not new news you know they're upset about you know what what kind of facts are you looking at because i'm looking at facts that everything's okay and it's like well that's not really the case I, you know if we polled a hundred scientists 99 would say our planet is fucked and then one of them would say ah we might squeak by and you know on debate shows what they'll do is have a one-on-one -on -one debate so then it looks like it's a 50 50 spread and it's not it's 99 to one um and it's it's just about uh you know the presentation of these debates that even makes it seem close when it's not uh most of the like the 99 look at the one and say you should be completely discredited all your journalistic publishing should be gone this is not remotely wrestling at all but it's just Come on, Jack. I, 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 I we're not going to tell him what to do. All we have to do is not follow him. But it's just, <laughs> um, it's almost like you want to have a wrestling Twitter feed and then like a my dumb opinions Twitter feed. I, I, I think is what we're coming to. Um, yeah, and he doesn't post a lot. So this, I mean, this is what got him back onto Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> this it's is what just... awakened the sleeping giant. We're not on my watch, bro. I want to destroy the planet at will. Like, and none of us are talking about Time Magazine until this comes around once a year. Right. So, I mean, come on. And I'm going to call him Jake. You you can call him Jack. Uh, just Jake. Shut. You know what? Not even Jake. You know what? Cody, we know. There's no way Cody agrees with Jake. I... I honestly think like there's a responsibility for these guys. Like this is so far beyond opinion at this point. <laughs> it's you can't you can't talk about well you got to just let some guy believe what he needs. You know, like first of all, don't do the dumb thing on Twitter. Second of all, the subject matter is not debatable. It's not. So I, I don't know. As a leader of this company, he's got to tell this guy to shut the fuck up. It makes me angry. And it's, you know, and this is what? This is only a couple weeks after uh, 
Jericho's done interviewing uh, the Trumps on his podcast, and then yeah. he, you know, tries to to turn it around and say, you know, you can interview whoever you want on a podcast. Like, you don't have to be a fan of theirs politically. But um, you know what? Fuck you, Chris, for saying that. Because obviously you're going to be voting for the Trumps. Uh, It's just, I don't know, Mike. Like, I know it goes both. It's actually, like, even for Vince, like, it's even worse where his money and his wife were working directly for Trump. But, um, whoops, Jesus. Uh, I I don't know what to get behind now. Because just uh, from either side, are we just learning that pro wrestling is... It's not changing with the times. Yeah, I, I, I think that traditionally wrestling, I, I think that's the most interesting thing with this. Because, um, you know, Jack Jake, he should be able to tweet <laughs> whatever he wants. It's his Twitter. Who cares? Um, you know, unless it's like a thing where like the AEW powers that be are like, uh, we give you a contract. Uh, stop saying certain things like you're misrepresenting our whole company. You'll get fired. So that's one thing. But outside of that, if they're okay with it, you know, have whatever opinions you want. Um, I just think that it's, in a wrestling podcast, the most interesting thing to think about is how um, kind of those weird, um, like, archetypal, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, like, stereotyping of, like, certain people. Uh, you know, that's that's how characters get over, you know, like um, the best recent examples are like Rusev is foreign. So he is inherently the bad guy. Um, you know, if you're not white, you're usually like your characters uh, in some like mostly leaning towards his nationality. Like he'll have like a, a flag on his on his trunks. So you know exactly where he came from, or he'll say something against the United States. Um, so I just think it's interesting that Jack Jack Jake is uh, <laughs> kind of doing a more uh, you know traditionally conservative approach on his Twitter, and I just wonder how that kind of factors into the rest of the wrestling um, like rosters, you know, respectively. We'll focus on the, the main ones in the United States. That's what we're talking about, well, WWE and AEW. So it's I do you think that that opinion kind of transcends throughout? Um is there any chance that this is a work? Uh No, no, there's no chance. <laughs> to get some heat maybe? Um, no, and I, I just wanted to throw in there too. Like uh, I think the most recent of your examples of like guys just living you know, their, their culture and their background, like the, yeah, like they can't, they can't, they can't be an individual. They're, they're only defined by their culture and background is the Singh yeah. brothers that we just watched last night on NXT. Yep, there you go. Perfect example. Boom. The Singh brothers. Mike, name is not Singh in real life. So how did that come to be? Hmm. Okay. Boy, but, um. How did we put that together? I just wanted to throw out the most recent example in case uh, anybody has a pro like in case anybody's sitting there going oh wait a minute rusev's a good guy now yeah you know and white people like white wrestlers traditionally get rock music if you're black you usually get some sort of hip-hop song um i I don't know if black wrestlers actually like rock music because every single one gets some sort of hip-hop song who knows it's just that's that's how they do it so i think in a wrestling world that's that's the only thing you know 
really um, like to kind of unpack is whether this is something that you think is um, like a transcended opinion through like a lot of um, wrestlers. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're the most progressive folk. I mean, outside of like Sammy's Dane, uh, but um, do you, do you, do you think this is like a common held opinion? Cause I like the more we learn about Jericho, you know, now we're learning about Jake. Is that how the inner circle works? Um, are they all like pro wall? It's, it's, that's not really a rabbit hole we want to go down, but, um, do you think that the wrestlers can kind of contribute to this, um, like archaic stereotyping that we, we just can't get past? I think maybe you even taking that a step further. Cause I, I do think you're onto something that there probably is a long line of folks in pro wrestling that believe this, you know, that think the same way that, uh, that Jake does, but you know, maybe it goes beyond, uh, or it, go, it comes back to this thought that we've had the last uh, couple months of like, stop trying to root for a brand and just root for the pro wrestlers. And that yeah. would be, that would be me. Like I'd have to eat some of my own medicine and just sit back and go, all right, you know what? Then I just don't support Jake. He's a heel, but I don't like him because he's actually a piece of shit in real life. <laughs> right. So maybe we go that direction, <laughs> you know, like, we, we just start to, to piece together the show that we're watching and it, it doesn't necessarily have to represent everybody, even though I agree with what you're saying. But, uh, you know, there are, there are people out there that disagree with our opinions, but they're also not pieces of shit about it and go on to Twitter and, and bitch about a young lady uh, becoming person of the year. So maybe we root for the people that aren't doing that, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and if your opinion differs, that's okay. Opinions can always differ, but uh, the, way you, the way you use your opinion, the way you react to those adverse opinions, which, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm being pretty, pretty critical. I just, I do believe that we are in an age right now where we can go beyond uh, climate change being an opinion. Not a, seriously, we are so far beyond that. When, when, did, uh, when did the Al Gore movie come out? 2000. So it's been 19 years of everything that was predicted uh, kind of slowly coming to fruition, which is exactly what we were told is it would yeah. slowly come to fruition. Okay. Yep. So we're following that track. Um, so yeah, something to worry about, something to make changes about. And when somebody comes with so much uh, fever and hate uh, like Jake did, I think that's something we can specifically pick out, you know, and say, this is bad. This is worse than being uninformed or ill-informed or stupid. This is an asshole. <laughs> so I think, I think that as we're talking through this, I think that's the kind of direction we should come at going forward. Because at least if there's somebody who's, uh, who has a level head and they're not completely informed, like uh, I think I, I was listening to another podcast that was making fun of AJ Styles for being a flat earther. Like he's just got to get the right news. That's, that's what it takes for AJ Styles. He just has to be shown the stats. He, he'll eat anything up. Yeah. He just has to be shown the truth. So yeah. I think there's, there's room for that out there too. But uh, well, let's, uh, let's move on. I, I yeah. mean, I don't think Jack, Jack Jake is really, you know, 
he's not a spokesman spokesperson for anybody. Uh, it's just it was just kind of noteworthy because this this is what woke up the sleeping giant. This is what got him back in the in social media. Uh, Matt CM Punk on WWE backstage. I, I gotta I gotta be honest. I, I haven't watched an episode yet. Uh, have you have you it, started watching this yet? Yeah, it, when Punk is on it. It is must-see TV. Um, what, what I think is so stupid, and it, it goes along today with, you know, another report of the ratings for, for uh, NXT and AEW, and CM Punk makes a statement that we're going to talk about in a second, but it just bothers me that the comments are, nobody cares, look at the ratings. Like, and then they're referring to the ratings of WWE backstage. What a shocker that a show at 10 o'clock at night on Fox Sports 1 not Fox Sports, not Fox, Fox Sports 1, whatever the fuck that is, doesn't have great ratings. What I'm telling everybody is that it is so much fun to watch CM Punk dissect the thing that we love, which is pro wrestling, and come at it for like the first time, Mike, for the first time in forever, I'm, I'm inspired by Frozen, to actually come at it with an opinion that isn't you know, like it, it, it's not um, motivated by the dollar behind it. You know, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job. He can say whatever the hell he wants. And so far he has. He's called out storylines. He's called out specific pro wrestlers. It, it speaks to me and it helped. It makes me feel like somebody's finally going to get to hear these opinions because they're just going to continue on TV. And, and to go a step further, like uh, on our other show, the uh, the hockey podcast, we've been talking about the NHL and hockey culture and things changing. Things don't change when your company just pays the people who talk about it to talk about it. Because right. all they do is paint a pretty picture. But when Punk gets paid to talk about pro wrestling and he comes on your your branded show and says it sucks, that's great. I, and it sounds stupid. Uh, because I sit there and watch 11 hours of it every week and I'm getting ready for a pay-per-view. Right. That's great because we know it's going to get better. They're going to actually want to write a better show than, than you know, what CM Punk's going to be able to easily come on Fox Sports 1 again and throw into, <laughs> throw into the shitter. Because regardless, again, let's forget about the ratings. Um it is still getting views on YouTube, and I guess it was like the highest rating th rated thing on a Fox program on YouTube in, a, in forever <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it, it really is something that, you know, people are, are, are watching. They're taking the time. They want to they wanna hear punk, and they, they know that this is because they're finally getting this voice uh, of their own. We, we talk about it every week. Mike, this, this Lana and Rusev storyline is, is garbage. For one, Lana just shouldn't be on TV anymore. And Punk... <gasps> Matthew. What? She's terrible. She I know, is but I, I, awful. I laughed really hard on Monday. I'm sorry. I had a big... I had a Vince McMahon pop in my living room. <laughs> That's some good shit right there. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Uh, I, it, I mean, Punk sat there and he booked the whole thing to WrestleMania, and I loved it. Because he said, Bobby, you know, Rusev should go off on his own, and Bobby Lashley should continue with Lana, only to realize that she is that annoying, only to lead to CM Punk and Lashley to hook up and become a tag team. 
And then another tag team will pick up Lana <laughs> and oh they'll God. get annoyed, uh, annoyed with Lana. And at WrestleMania, they put her in a shark tank uh, cage above the, uh, above oh the ring. And the loser <laughs> has to take Lana home. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. And he booked that right off the top of his head on that show. It was hey. Um, I, I, you know what? I'll, I, I, um, I think the crowd was kind of, kind of getting into it just because Rusev actually got a podium to like actually speak. Like he got the first 20 minutes of Monday night raw to stretch this out and come out in a Donald Duck t-shirt and talk about, I get divorced with Lana. Yay. It's all going to be Rusev day. Like the crowd wasn't even saying Rusev day. He was kind of goading them into it. And the crowd was kind of turned to each other and like, eh, we love this guy. Let's do it. And <laughs> like, they, you know, they rain cheers on, on, uh, uh, Rusev and Lana. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rusev finally got his comeuppance. He got to put Lashley through a table. Um, I guess with CM Punk saying that the, you know, the storyline has potential, you know, maybe it could be interesting. I, I think maybe it could be, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, like an Angel Garza, Leo Rush, you know, 23 minute classic. Um, but people really love Rusev and to see bad things happen to him really crushes them. And for him to kind of get his revenge, I, I think there's there's an opportunity there. I, this is not how I would have booked it with his real life wife leaving him for uh, the, you know, he's basically a wooden plank of emotion is Bobby Lashley. Um, I, I don't think she would do that. I don't think she would downgrade her, her you know, significant other's personality that far. Um, but yeah. I, I think there's, there's something there. I, I if this ultimately we just want to hate Bobby Lashley more. And I think that that's what this feud is doing. And we want to root for Rusev uh, in, a, in a singles capacity and people are doing it. So, you know, it's not quite, you know, how excited we are for Bray Wyatt becoming the fiend, but you know, Rusev is in He's he's in the water cooler talks, uh, and he's not remotely involved with the championship. So I guess mission accomplished. I I, don't I mean that's fine. I I really don't enjoy it. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be happy. Like that, that's kind of what I cheer for is just Rusev to be out of this storyline. But uh, like back to to CM Punk, I just like that, uh, and we'll I'll wrap this up. Uh, he, he, he spoke his mind on just, you know, sometimes it is too hard to be a good guy, brought up Seth Rollins and just said, he's bad at being a good guy. And, uh, he had a great conversation with Corbin too, uh, kind of giving him props and yeah. he even liked uh, the dog food segment with the big dog, Roman Reigns. Yeah. And then, um, I, I do like what he tweeted out too, is, uh, speaking volumes kind of in, in regards to what the frustrating thing could be about Lana and how much screen time she gets. But uh, Punk wants these guests and these guests alone on his next uh, backstage <clears throat> appearance. But uh, he's got Bailey, Sasha Banks, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley. And that's it. Uh, so uh, overall, fun to watch. It's been, it's the second 
episode where he is able to give his opinion, I guess is how we want to put it. Um, so yeah, next, next time he's booked, I, you got to go watch it. And uh, Mike, you want to talk 2020 Hall of Fame inductees? Yeah. Um, so, so far they've announced Batista and the NWO. And I got to think that we are not the only two people who said, again? Um, I, I thought for sure Batista was already in there for evolution. evolution. And I swear to God, Hulk Hogan is... <laughs> Hulk Hogan. It seems like this guy is in the Hall of Fame every year. They, they've had roughly 20 to 30 years of Hall of Fame inductees, and Hogan, Ric Flair's in there three times, and I think Hulk Hogan is in there 32 times. <laughs> there's a whole wing dedicated yeah. to Hulk Hogan. There's more, there's more Hulk Hogan entries into the Hall of Fame than the guy has locks of hair. I, I don't know how it's going. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I said it last year where I, I mean, all they do for me is just highlight what a waste of time it would be to watch ugh. the Hall of Fame ceremony. Unless, you know, unless Bret Hart is going to get yeah. attacked again. Like, there, no. there really is no reason to watch. No, that's not what I was thinking of. What about when uh, Ultimate Warrior got in there and then he died, like, the next day? Um, the posthumous uh, Macho Man entry. Um <laughs> Okay, hopefully somebody else dies in the Hall of Fame. Fingers crossed. Um, No, you know, I don't need someone to die, but does it make the Hall of Fame a little juicier? You know, uh, so hopefully we don't, you know, uh, have any more, you know, to to, figure it out. Anyway, uh, Matt, uh, you know, does this uh, hot tag, does this make you want to watch the Hall of Fame show? Oh, I just... uh, Hold on, said. Batista is funny. You don't want to hear him do a speech? No. What if uh, What if he gets inducted by Rocket Raccoon? Hot <laughs> <laughs> tag, who would it take to induct Batista to make you watch? I'm picking um, Rocket. You can't pick Rocket. Owen Hart. Oh, you also could have picked... Uh, Chris uh, Benoit. <laughs> Dana Brooke. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Okay. You screwed that one. I had the if- top two. Matt, you got to pick a top three. Who's the third? Rocky Raccoon, Dana Brooke, if, they, if they're too busy, who's in third? To get me to watch. To get Matt to watch. And they've got to have some sort of affiliation with Batista. You can't just pick Nightcrawler from the X-Men. You got to pick... Oh, could I, could I just pick CM Punk? Uh, Since he had such a huge problem with Batista winning the Royal Rumble, he quit wrestling. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Woo! Matt, I think you trumped Rocket Raccoon on that one. <laughs> CM Punk inducting Batista I, with an eye roll. kind of like how you went. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, yeah, but a big hot fart sandwich for me in these Hall of Fame announcements. Ooh. I just, they're, it's just well, another way to get, you know, more advertising dollars because I get another night and that show takes forever. I yeah. don't. I don't think I have enough <laughs> love for most I'm, of the faces I, that come on that show. I'm still recovering from the hot fart sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a cold cut because <laughs> like nobody likes a cold Cuban. Like you want a hot Cuban sandwich. Yeah, and I can't imagine like a panini press. Yeah, like a cold fart sandwich. You're like, Whew, you know, kind of 
stings your nose and bites your toes. What a hot <laughs> fart sandwich, you know. Woo, woo, like little steam coming out. Um, yeah. yeah, but I like your CM Punk pick, Matt. We got to cover this TLC card, but before we do, as we do every week, we like to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars because I think we want to close out with TLC. It's kind of a pay per view, kind of. Um, Matt, you got to cover NXT. I got to cover AEW this week. Um, and what we've been doing is it's four hours of programming that we, we got to cover in an hour podcast and we got to crunch it into a small segment, Matt, we got, we got our top three moments every week, Matt, positive or negative, uh, just electrifying or most memorable moment. Number three, what do you got for us from NXT? Um, you know, I really did like uh, Brizango and the Singh brothers. I, I I thought, honestly, when I saw the Singh brothers right, coming out. All right, and, Jake Hager. And Brizango. <laughs> all right, they're standing in the ring. I was just kind of thinking, you know, if these four guys don't fuck after this match, I don't even know why we're watching pro then wrestling. Then I'm going to imagine it. Oh. <laughs> then I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> Grabbing the Cetaphil. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, it was just. It was some fun, high-flying wrestling. And uh, I, I just think it's so funny how, like, flamboyant these two tag teams are. And they get to go out week after week and kind of feud together. I, it, it's, it's fun for me to watch. I think the Singh brothers have taken flamboyancy to a whole nother level. They are, like, what people made fun of Shawn Michaels for being in the 90s. But they do it so well. Like... I love, I love it. They're turning into one of my favorite tag teams. They totally own this persona of like, all right, we're wearing leather straps around. I mean, they look like a couple of leather daddies walking out to the <laughs> ring. They even have chaps and everything. Nice. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many Sing Brother matches you've caught since they really have owned the, the Sing Brothers uh, persona, or, or maybe you could even say created a new one since uh, you know they took off the, uh, the white dress shirts um yeah. now that they're going yeah. they're going this is a solo but as a tag team kind of thing yeah yeah all right so you know what i'm saying uh but yeah e- either way um I, the the highlights of the match though are, are fandango and uh tyler breeze doing their work outside of the ring highly recommend uh going back and, and taking a taking a look at that one I, I i think it was underrated for the night uh, i i had a lot of fun watching it all right. Um, good good character work. You know what? My uh, my moment number three for AEW, glad you asked, uh, was probably the Blade and the Butcher uh, tag team against Cody and uh, who knows who that other goof was. I, I was so focused on Blade, Butcher, and Bunny. Uh, they have an escort who takes him to the ring. It met. It looks like, you know, Pulp Fiction and Gangs of New York on split screen. I, I love this tag team. I love their look. Um, this is, it's almost like a classic WWE, um, uh, faction where it's like the characters are more interesting than the actual, um, moves in the ring. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's fine to watch, you know, uh, uh, you know, a five-star, you know, Matt wrestling classic. Uh, you know, look at that, look at that cross face chicken wing. Wow. Look at that. He just reversed that into a into a grapple hold, but you know this is the guy who comes out in a in a leather, again a leather daddy mask, and then the other guy's got like a monocle and like a, 
uh, you know, Daniel Day Lewis, big bushy mustache. Um, I, I want more of this tag team. I want them on the microphone. That's my beef. Because uh, all they've done is kind of look menacingly at people, stop around the ring, and beat up Cody Rhodes. Um, I like it. I'm for it. <laughs> I want more of it. Uh, and I don't know if they're actually going to be somebody who, who you know, goes for, for gold. I don't know if they're that kind of team. Uh, but it does look like, you know, the, the, the bench um, is, is not as, as empty as it looked previously on AEW. They're starting to fill out this roster a little bit. Um, I, I like these guys as, a, as, a, as an addition to the, to the tag team ranks. Give me more. Matt, what's moment number two for NXT? Number two is probably at number two because they only got 10 minutes to, to, play, uh, to fight this match out. And I, this could have totally gone a half hour. This, I mean, maybe we're learning something about Keith Lee and his stamina. He is a big fella. I don't, you know, fault him for that. But uh, shoot, number two, Finn Balor, especially with the ending to that match, um, I, I thought was brilliant. I did, I did kind of want to see Champa go down with a double finisher. Uh, I don't. Did you? Did you catch? the uh the end of that so no so keith lee uh keith lee hits champa with spirit bomb and then uh finn balor hits the coup de gras on lee and then pins lee so the way that's the only like those are the couple things i think i'd pull and say that's why this wasn't number one because it was a hell of a match it was super fun but i think champa could have totally taken that pin i think keith lee should be on this roller coaster to the moon and you could still get Finn Balor and Adam Cole by Champa taking a double finisher. You can't, your character can't be hurt by that. And then we don't have to see Keith Lee take the pin. So kind of all that coupled together, it was a hell of a match. I think just this misstep is what's going to make them number two for me and not number one for the week. Hmm. Well, uh, for number two, I'm going to go with uh, um, the Luchasaurus defeating Sammy Guevara. Um, if only because uh, what they're doing is really trying to on AEW is really put, strap a rocket to this guy and shoot him to the moon. Um, yeah. It's not just that he got a win. Uh, it's not just that he beat a member of the inner circle um, on commentary. It wasn't just, uh, you know, uh, Tony Jr. and Excalibur uh, Jericho hit the mic uh, and he wasn't, you know, talking smack about Luchasaurus the entire time. Uh, he, he, he did get his barbs in there, uh, you know, but he was talking about the uh, athleticism for somebody that big. Um, you know, in the Luchasaurus, he's, uh, you know, doing springboards off the ropes. He's, uh, you know, almost, almost a seven-footer. You know, most of those guys, uh, once you hit like six six, you're a seven-footer in wrestling. Uh, but he's hitting the <laughs> springboards. Um, he, he really has devastating, you know, everybody does a super kick. He kind of does like a spinning heel kick. Um, which I'm a big fan of. And then, uh, you know, he has his choke slams that, you know, he could give Kane and Undertaker a run for their money. Um, and I, I think that if this is just a typical, you know, squash for Luchasaurus, eh, you know, all right. Um, uh, but for him to defeat an inner circle member for Jericho to talk about him, uh, I, I think those are pretty big votes of confidence on AEW's part, uh, for what, what kind of asset they have in the Luchasaurus. So it was, it was inspiring for somebody who who likes watching that show. Matt, number well, yeah, one moment from NXT. I, 
I just want to say that I, I do oh. like that Luchasaurus isn't getting that title match next week. And you know he's still going to figure in. And they're going to have to do something leading into, you know, now they have this, uh, the February pay-per-view tickets go on sale next Friday. So if they're resetting the records, you might still want to start a story at the beginning yes. of the year. And that would be one way to do it. So I, I do like the slow burn for Luchasaurus. And kind of the same way I would have booked Keith Lee is keep building him up and not, you know, he's not taking a pin when he's out there. Uh, you know, I mean, he gets the win in his match, but when he's out there just jibber-jabbering with, with Chris Jericho and next week you got to figure, like I said, he's probably going to get in a few licks uh, on Chris Jericho. Somehow he, he'll retain uh, over Jungle Boy, but, you know, something good will happen for Luchasaurus. I, I just, overall, I, I like how they're doing that because I, I think he's, one of the more exciting guys on that roster. Um, but to come back to NXT, I got to do honorable mention, and I know this is cheating, but uh, <gasps> Kiwi Buzz uh, taking out Jackson Riker. I'm I'm one of the few guys. You got to say, come on, you got to say it like my boy on uh, NXT UK. The Kiwi Buzz. <laughs> Travis Burks. I, love I just that like guy. that he was on NXT <laughs> and he got the win. I don't want to give it too much time since my honorable mention, but Mike, uh, I like Matt, how before you jump away too, hot tag. Did you really see Travis when I saw that on the card, I said, Oh, Jackson Riker's gonna squash him. Yeah, that's why that was so much fun. I think yeah. they're they're finally giving up on the Forgotten Sons. I think they realize there isn't a lot there. So it's kinda like um, you know, like an it follows when you have sex with someone and then now the spirit follows that person. It's like, you know, Jackson Riker just laid down for Travis Banks, and now Banks can can do whatever he wants with that superpower. Whatever was left, you know, whatever was left in the Forgotten Sons wow. was now, um, you know, pushed on to Travis. I, I kind of like it. And we've we've always liked the Kiwi Buzzsaw since NXT UK started. Uh, what was um, that? It's the Kiwi Buzzsaw. <laughs> I really can't hear <laughs> really I, oh man it sounds great on my end uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i can hear you i can't hear the nxt uk announcer when you say that I, oh really i'm picturing something completely different that's the only name he puts any stink on <laughs> well uh, but yeah what's your number one number i'm sorry one, i cut you well, i'm just so excited to see uh banks what i uh, wanted get a, to get a win yeah what i wanted to say was i jump into our show notes and you had one thing written in NXT as if I was going <laughs> to skip over it. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing that you <laughs> took the time to write that. Yeah. Um, Angel Garza taking down Leo Rush. And how did you put it, Mike? Match of the year candidate? Question mark? Question mark? Exclamation mark? Exclamation mark? Kind of a unique spin on the question mark? Exclamation mark? Question mark? Exclamation mark? <laughs> uh, <laughs> punctuation. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is so easy to describe because they did so many fun things with uh, Angel Garza. You know, <laughs> you see it on Twitter later with the pictures with Triple H um, getting in the the proposal <laughs> yeah. mid match, and then um, I mean, just a hell of a match, like you said, match. I mean, there there isn't much else to say, but um, it's it's definitely going to get strong considerations, and I think this is a good time for us to plug that this Sunday we'll be recording some end-of-the-year shows so that we can enjoy the holidays. One of them's going to be Moments of the Decade. And then we definitely 
have to hand out some awards uh, for the entire year. So we're yeah. we're gonna have we're gonna have a busy Sunday because then we're gonna be watching TLC. But um, in the uh, yeah. in the coming weeks, starting uh, the week of Christmas and then New Year's week week, we'll be putting out. You know what? Maybe we should do those a week early because I will be watching Star Wars next Thursday. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, Mike, if you have your opening day tickets, but I will not be available next Thursday. That's a big day. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm excited to do all that. Um, it's going to be a heck of a weekend. Uh, before we do talk uh, TLC, I'm going to drop just the the top moment from AEW. Um, I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit too. There was an honorary mention for the Young Bucks. Uh, I actually had a really fun match. Uh, it was a Texas Street fight, whatever that means. I, I, it meant one of the Young Bucks put on a Cowboys helmet and tackled Ortiz and Santana. Um, ultimately becoming the top contenders. It was fun. But this list is supposed to be the big moments. And the moment that really got the crowd popping, both positively and negatively, uh, one at the the craftsmanship of the jokes, but booing the the vitriol behind these awful statements (laughs) was MJF's (laughs) promo on Cody Rhodes. where he called him, you know, fake for having his, you know, his blonde hair look like a cat pissed on it, uh, for his his big fake white teeth that you could land a plane on, um, but MJF topped it off by saying what was real about Cody is his shitty little lisp, and the crowd <laughs> lost their minds. <laughs> um, and then MJF, you know, as badly as Roman Reigns tried to ruin suffering Succotash. MJF really brought it home uh, by saying, Suffer and suck attached, Cody. Did I hurt your feelings? Um, <laughs> it, like, the jokes really landed for the for the in-house crowd. Um, I had some Vince McMahon popskis in my living room. But ultimately, we fight with people online for reasons I'll never understand, where if you want to watch just real fighting, you know what? There's UFC. If you want to watch pageantry and storyline and why are these two guys fighting each other, you watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And MJF right now, I, I think you're you're delusional if you don't see him as one of the great new promo artists of our time. Uh, he got the crowd behind him. He had him eaten out of his hand. And then he knew exactly how to present his jokes to make them hate him. And really make you excited to see Cody get some revenge on this, uh, you know, arrogant a-hole. So this is what wrestling is about. I I think this promo really was the best moment of AEW this week. Yeah, and and MJF is is as much much watch, must-see TV as as I was talking earlier about CM Punk and this uh, backstage show. But... um, I know one of the common complaints is like there there's there's too much of other wrestling characters in MJF but that's all any like art is you're always inspired by someone else if anything it's just it's more positive for that person to know that yeah. they've inspired the newest young talent to come up but uh damn it all to hell if uh somebody doesn't do it first and you can find a way to do it better because <laughs> honestly I know who everybody's compared. We all know who MJF is compared to. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty lofty comparison. That's real. That's a real compliment. You know what I mean? Yeah, MJF to the Miz. 
Oh yeah, I mean Miz and Jericho, uh, both those guys. Um, you know, with the with the kind of um, like Miz, kind of that Hollywood snobbery. Uh, but as yeah. far as like the comedy angle goes, I, I always thought Jericho, you know, was like the funniest wrestler on the one of the funniest wrestlers ever. Um, so I, I mean, that's either way. Those are that's really great company for him to keep. So just more of that. Um, I know we don't oh, want to no? dwell because we got to move yeah. into TLC, but. I'm glad it, it uh, resonated with you as well. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this uh, card coming up also, here, man. Matt, are you, ready for, uh, are you ready just, for another pay-per-view? Yeah, I, I just want to translate for everybody. That was Mike saying, Matt, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We've got stuff to do tonight. Um, That's I, how MJF would have said it. I, I, tried to, I tried to sugar it up a little bit, you know? I, I'm glad Matt's happy. Anyway, WWE TLC... <laughs> All right. Well, how do we want to do this? Because we've got, uh, sorry, I got, I went to the dentist today and they poked around in my teeth and now it feels like I have an inch gap in between all my teethers. It's um, weird when they take the plaque out. Anyway, so what we're looking at yeah. here, the, not the, the, the largest card of all time, but uh, it's, it's still pretty robust. Matt, uh, I'm going to tell you what the matches are. I want you to pick one you're mega excited about. There's you're so gonna go, much you're entertainment. You're going to list wall. the whole card. I'm going to list the whole freaking card, and I want to hear right. what match you're excited about. Everybody we'll just kinda, fast we'll jump 30 around. seconds. Here we go. Matt, <laughs> yeah. we got a TLC match, Roman Reigns and King Corbin. We got a SmackDown Tag Team Championship between the New Day and the Revival. We got Aleister Black on a pay-per-view. My God, uh, he's actually going to fight. He's going to fight Buddy Murphy. Okay. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championship match, uh, it's going to be decided with a TLC. Kabuki Warriors versus oh, Becky and Charlotte. Uh, we got a Raw Tag Team <laughs> Championship between the Viking Raiders and uh, uh, famed tag team stable TBD. Uh, we've also got Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. And what I have to think is the main event, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Matt. Woo! let's let's end on some positivity matt which of these matches are you just kind of going you know maybe i'll maybe i'll get something to drink you know i'm i'm feeling a little parched maybe i'll get something to drink which of these matches are you just kind of that's a really good question (laughs) matt really likes this card you guys i do i do really like it um i guess if i had to pick the my the one i'm Looking forward to the least. I'll pick Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Wow. You go for it and tell me. So I, I'm telling you right now, I, depending on how this card is set up, like if you can get, if you get Rusev and Lashley out of the way early, if it's not one of those where I look at the match card and I go, oh my God, they still have to do Rusev and Lashley. Like if I get to that point, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. It's it's 11 <laughs> Rusev Putria, Rusev Maka. All right, I'm not going to be home for another hour and a half. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, depending on how the, the match card is, is booked, yeah, I can be very happy with Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Um, but then, like, I could make an argument for all of these matches uh, that, I, that I, I'm excited one way or the other. But uh, you, you take your least favorite, and I think I know where you're headed here. I, I it's just because it doesn't feel like there's any real stakes. It, oh, it, for me, shit. it's it's 
What? Go go ahead. I was just gonna say I think it's Roman and Corbin. Um, I I don't know if anybody's really gonna be elevated by a win or like dropped by a loss. It just seems like both these guys are gonna be on an even keel, no matter who comes out on top. And because of that, it definitely smells like a Roman Reigns victory. And it's, you know, it's okay. It's just, you know, it, it like the drama's out of it for me. Even with Rusev and Lashley, like there's a little drama in it for me because I want to see what plays out in this, uh, you know, uh, you know, afternoon, you know, uh, they're not sitcoms. <laughs> they're, God, what are those called? Those uh, soap operas. Soap operas. The afternoon soap opera. I want to see how Lana factors in. I want to see if Lana goes through a table. If Lana goes through a table, you're not going to not pop. You're going to, you're going to lose your mind too. Um, and to see Rusev come out in a, maybe Donald Duck trunks like that. Come on. You'll pop for some Donald Duck trunks <laughs> or even better. If he comes out with no trunks and just like a blue sailor shirt and a little cap, <laughs> like a he's real got, Donald Duck. Yeah. And he's got duck flippers. <laughs> he comes out in duck feet, a blue sailor's cap, no pants. <laughs> Um, um so like the roman corbin thing i i like more because i watched wwe backstage and corbin came on as um like the special guest for the night and um i don't know corbin just he really seems like he appreciates the fans and i i think i came away with like a new appreciation of his craft and i know you're not you're not necessarily against corbin and that's not what you're saying I, like i totally right. get why it means nothing and I, I just, I think, I think I just want to see another, you know, now, now that I appreciate Corbin a little bit more, I kind of want to see Roman and Corbin continue. So I'm hopeful that something happens to make it continue. And there's probably a lot of people rolling their eyes and groaning, but I, you talked no, about it's... MJF and how much we like him. Like Corbin is doing the same thing. It's just people forgot to give him that chance. And you know? he, can't, he can't say like the word shit. Yeah, that too. Um, but it's just, you know, <laughs> when Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania, nobody really knew what happened. We were all kind of just like, wait, did did the referee screw up the count? And then all of a sudden Brock won, and we all just, like, did spit takes. <laughs> I think if, if King Corbin defeats Roman Reigns on Sunday, I think it'll be the same reaction. Just, wait, what? And then just... TVs all over the country will be covered in soda pops and beers because I, I don't think anyone I, I would love to see Vegas's over under on King Corbin walking away with a win because he never wins. He never wins. Yeah, I don't um I don't see a win happening for Corbin, but I do want to see something that continues the feud. <laughs> yeah, um, um so do you want what's next? Let, what are, what yeah, are we so most medium I on? Think, well, like, yeah, well, like of the singles matches, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's good. We got a little mix up there. So we have Viking Raiders versus TBD, which is going to be uh, a little difficult to get excited about because who knows who they're fighting. Uh, you've got the well, Kabuki match and then you've got the New Day Revival. That's where the excitement's coming from is, is that. So it'll immediately <sighs> take a nosedive when it's somebody we don't give two craps about comes out. Um, I mean, it could be the Street Profits for a rematch because um, the storyline has been nobody's brave enough to fight the Raiders, and then you know the the Street Profits come out. So let's let's act like that's the case. Raiders, Profits, Kabuki, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte, and then New Day Revival. Of those three, which one do you think is really 
going to bring the house down. Just just an incredible back and forth. Because um, it, 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 it looks like only one of them is going to have, you know, table ladder chairs stipulations. Uh, but you're still going to get pretty good wrestling out of the other two. So, Matt, of those three, which one are you excited most about? Um, I don't know how anybody could, could not be excited for Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like a, like a Buddy Murphy match, it's, uh, whoever he's gone up against in the last few months, we, we just watch it and started thinking, man, this guy should be having 60 minute matches. Everything he does, like if it had the time, if it had the stakes of a title, they'd all be match of the year material. Um, but that's always what it, what it lacks, but he always turns in a great contest. Uh, so for that, you got to go Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. You know, I, do you remember, God, it seems like it was forever ago. Alistair Black was like the best thing on NXT. The lights would, you know, yeah. they kill the lights. He'd come out, do the slow entrance, you know, sit cross-legged in the ring and he just put on classics with, you know, Gargano, Champa, Velveteen Dream, um, Adam Cole. And now he's not even on TV. It's like, I think, I think part of it is his shitty t-shirts. Cause I, I call him that WWE shop once a week and that's my new white whale. It like, it used to be heavy machinery and now they had a, uh, you know, this is pretty much probably as good as it's going to get. But Alistair, he's got crappy t-shirts. He's never on TV. I, I don't know what this guy's got to do. I, I thought he was over. Uh, he had violent moves. Uh, he, he's got the, uh, some people have a sleeve of tattoos. His whole body's a sleeve of tattoos, man. He's got a devil on his back. Uh, I, you know, and I'm pumped to watch Buddy Murphy. We we saw him come out of nowhere out of that Australian Super Showdown or whatever it was, and make a name for himself. And you know, he took the the, the entire cruiserweight division, put it on his back, uh, you know, uh, Pac Neville style. Um, had people tuning into that to see this guy. Um. And now that, you know, neither of them are, they're, I wouldn't even call them floundering. Like they're, you have to be on TV to flounder. Um, so, you know, let's have them fight each other. So the only rough part of this match is somebody's got to lose. Um, and both these guys could desperately use, you know, a winning streak at this point. Um, so I think best case scenario is that we get, you know, something that eclipses the 20 minute mark you know, to really, you know, bring home what great competitors these two guys are and give a, you know, reminder um, of what kind of talent we're working with. Do you want to see a simultaneous knee and black mass to end this match where they're both on the ground and the ref counts to 10? Like, what if so we're you're about, saying that Alistair what, Black, on. What if he we're about, Buddy Murphy so hard that he knees himself in the head and knocks himself out? That Buddy Murphy does the running knee and Alistair I know Black what you does mean. his black match. <laughs> um, like, no, I mean, you want to have a victor. It's just, you know, you got to – I think you, you have to give this time. But that's what I'm doing. That's why I said, let me finish. Jesus. Let me finish. Matt, can I finish? All right, I'm finished. <laughs> if, if this turned into, you know, a back and forth for a while, these guys start with a draw – Somebody's going to get a win. Then that guy will be angry. They'll come back. I mean, it's something that whenever they do this, 
where they have two wrestlers go at it for a while and there's no title, but there's just like, I'm better than you at stake. I feel like at the end of those, both guys get over in some fashion. Uh, I, I know then like the booking is dependent on the WWE listening to the fans, but I think this is, this would be a great way to get these guys both, you know, on the side of the fans. So then at least they have another couple of guys to book on the card and the fans are excited about. And especially leading into WrestleMania, I think now's the time you got to start building these um, these other feuds that are just outside of the title picture because there's going to be a hell of a lot going on uh, over the next uh, little bit, and you're you're going to have to hold off so many different feuds for you know sometimes we we see them get held off for three months, uh, could be seeing two months, but um, yeah, I think I think that's a good way to to fit in some different uh some different kind of storylines going forward yeah i i hope it works out that you know maybe these guys find some traction and you know suddenly something sparks and it's something uh long term yeah i think i'm just playing the i'm trusting wwe creative for some reason right now uh but that's that's kind of how i'm looking at it and by the way we kind of cheated um because like I want both these guys to to really succeed and make it. Um, we kind of avoided the tag team matches. Like, I really want to watch the Kabuki Warriors Becky Charlotte match, but uh, it's just like uh like I'm kind of wincing the whole time because I I don't want to see Charlotte and Becky defeat the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> um, yeah. and it, there's a strong likelihood of that happening. Um, because you know the Kabuki Warriors have already defeated them and. You know, you know how WWE kind of has their their uh, their tiers, and you know that's uh, T I E R, not T E A R, which is what I'm gonna have <laughs> when the Kabuki Warriors lose. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're gonna have Charlotte double cross Becky, or they bump into each other, some shenanigans like that. But if you, you know, we're talking about spit takes, you know, with King Corbin winning it really bums me out that I would feel the same way if the Kabuki warriors retained. I, 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 I'm almost guaranteeing that they yeah. lose just because I, of who they're fighting. I, um, I think I feel like a little it, bit better. About... Them, sorry. Last thought and I'll let you go. It's not that it's time for them to lose their belts. It's just that, well, now you're fighting Becky and Charlotte again. So you know what time that is. I, I get so what I was gonna say is I, I don't feel quite as bad about their chances of of winning this match. I, I do think there's an opportunity with these two butting heads, or not necessarily having it, having the up and up on uh, a pure tag team. Even though they didn't, you know, the, they've only been a tag team for for a year now. Um, but you know, pure tag team and the Kabuki Warriors they actually have a name. Uh, they aren't <laughs> just you know Becky and Charlotte. Right. So I, I got to think there's some opportunity there to, to give the Kabuki Warriors like a legitimate win or at least legitimate in the sense that they'll walk away with the titles and there isn't some sort of DQ that needs to end the match. Um, and I guess it can't, right? Because we're talking TLC. But um, I, I don't feel quite as lost in, in, in their chances. I, I think I, I'm going to go with the Kabuki Warriors, but I, I do understand like – like I'm right there with you. If if Becky and Charlotte walk away with the titles, I mean that's just one of those throw your hands up in the air and, and you're just like, uh, kind of the opposite of what I just described with Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, a way to build up two guys 
I mean, right there, you're chopping the tree of the Kabuki Warriors right down to the ground. Like, what are we doing? What is the point of having Becky and Charlotte go over? Um, right. Kind of your idea, of, like going back to Roman and Corbin, like you have this feud, but really it's, when it comes down to it and there's a match, Corbin's not going to do, he's not going to go any higher. He's not going to go any lower. Roman is pretty much just a character looking to move on to the championship feud, which will probably start when he wins the Royal Rumble. So um, just, yeah, not a, not a ton, I guess, in, in, the, in the sense of, like, what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Like, there isn't a lot of excitement there. But I do, like, looking, looking at this card, I think from a wrestling point of view is where I get excited. And that leads us into probably the least wrestling um what do you want to say the lowest level grade of wrestling we will see on tlc but still very high it's going to be that main event right bray wyatt and the miz just a lot of power it's yeah it's gonna be a lot of theater routine Um, yeah like what we were what we've talked about since this fiend character debuted is man what's gonna happen when he's actually in the ring like we love his promos you know we love the teasers um we love when he would just uh um you know manifest and you know obliterate whoever's given a a speech in the ring we wondered man who's gonna be that character to get him over in a wrestling match and we've seen seth rollins we've seen finn balor uh we've seen daniel bryan um you know, I, I think probably the best was Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, then Finn and then Seth and Matt. Whoever had the idea to put the Miz in there, I, I think that's a smart move, um, you know, because we know about the Miz's. Uh, I'm going to try to say this with a straight face uh, acting chops. Um, and he's yeah. he's going to he's in a wrestling capacity. He's got acting chops. OK, he's. He's no Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, it's the second time we've mentioned him today. Uh, but I will say that if, if somebody can get him over, you know, it's the Miz. Uh, you know, he's got, the, he's got the face. He knows what he's doing. We start busting out pictures of, like, Maurice and, uh, you know, the little, little Mrs. Um, I think we could get some real, some real fury uh, coming out of Mike Mazansky. Um, and I think it – obviously, the Miz – the, the deck is the deck is not in his hand it's it's pretty stacked against him um but I, I think this could be an interesting match in that um like the fiend's ferocity potentially towards maurice and little mrs and i'm acting like they're baby yodas the mrs baby yodas and maurice <laughs> that could be potentially something that helps get bray over as a heel like if they have to start moving that way to kind of change the the game up a little bit because he, he can only squash his way through pay-per-views for so long you know what i mean yeah so he might you know find a, they might find a way to turn him with the Miz's wrestling acting abilities matt what do you think i mean i it's one of those things where like on that wwe backstage they were talking about seth's gonna turn heel and now uh <laughs> Now people are going to start rooting for Seth, like against everything that they tried to do to make him a good guy. I don't know if there's anything WWE can do to get you to think Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend is a heel. Um, you can think he's a heel, 
but people are still going to root for him. So then it comes back to the point of like, all right, so why bother? Um, I guess you get to tell the story you want to tell. Uh, but I think it just blurs the line of like, how, what are we still doing to define things as heels and faces? Um, yeah. Is it just for storyline? Because we're going to start rooting for the guy we want to root for anyway. And then come, we're going to have this go full circle. I don't care if Jake Hagar is, has a storyline where he saves a busload of kids from blowing <laughs> up. Jake Hagar is a dick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you just bring it all full circle here and come back to Bray Wyatt, who I think we all know is a sweetheart. <laughs> We've seen yeah. it online and uh, even kids that, that meet Bray Wyatt, they're tentative now, but he turns into that lovable Bray Wyatt that we see on the Firefly Funhouse. He's goofy. He's happy. He's wearing sweaters all the time. Uh, yeah. Got a happy new baby. Um, yeah, it's just... No, I, I I don't want it. I don't need the turn. I don't want it. Um, it's just you know, if somebody could do it, I I think the Miz might have a chance. I I think he's at least got a better chance than Seth Rollins. I think Bray Wyatt would need to accidentally kill like Bree and have they'd have to do like show Daniel Bryan at the funeral, and have Bray Wyatt get up in the middle of the funeral and kick Bree's casket like into the ground like that. Then you'd go, oh, my God, what a fucking monster. <laughs> like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what else could, <laughs> what could turn him into a bad guy, right? I, I, think, I think right it, it now. Would, it would take some pretty extreme measures. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think right now we're just in a let's, let's get to January um, type of match. Like, that's how I see this all going down. I think it was great. I thought it was great acting by the Miz on Monday Night Raw uh, when he's watching all this stuff go down. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see too much coming out of this uh, going into January and of course into WrestleMania season. Well, all right, so that's where we're at on uh, TLC. <laughs> a little bummed that... Agree uh, to disagree. Yeah. A little bummed that our, our championship matches are just a couple of tag team championship matches for this card but i think that is usually what breeds like a great show because there's there's less expectation for like what is our main event and you pretty much have an entire match card where these guys could say I'm yeah main I, event and define you're the show. exactly yep exactly right um when you put every single belt on the line like i think night of champions is the dumbest pay-per-view because then it's it's not even like a ranking of the wrestlers so much it's just like which of these belts actually matters oh the one that goes last so none of these other belts even matter um <laughs> when you kind of break them up I, you're exactly right so um we all get to see uh bray wyatt wear the fiend mask and then wear a belt that is also wearing a fiend mask so there you go uh, <laughs> i'm glad i was able to you gave me that opportunity to bring the whole show full circle it's like we planned it out <laughs> Um, so with that, I, I, I got to wrap up, Mike, cause I, if you could hear it, folks, uh, tweet at us, but I've been ripping ass for like the last 15 minutes. Wow. Um, I got to take a huge twosie. So, uh, please go find us, uh, on Twitter at BOD podcast. Find us on Instagram as the brothers underscore of underscore discussion. 
uh, the live wrestling group. Mike, we just had a buddy tell us he got his Royal Rumble tickets, and we are going to be at the Rumble, too. We hope that we can meet a few fans of the Brothers in Discussion and uh, have a live discussion, have a face-to-face discussion. How about that? Um, yeah. But, uh, but anyways, uh, super looking forward to the Royal Rumble. Super looking forward to meeting some of the uh, brothers of Discussion Faithful. Uh, but if you uh, you want to find the best way to keep track of us, it is bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. And uh, go to wherever you're listening to the Brothers of Discussion. Follow us. Rate and review if you can, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we will start to grow the show. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yep. And as always, we're coming. <laughs> Your mic blew out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.